the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. Tarry there in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Luke 24 and 49. God has that same desire for you, that same desire that he had for the disciples. Don't let anyone tell you that God isn't healing, that he's not delivering, that he's not doing miracles today. Because every single day, prayer is being prayed to the Father. Healing and deliverance, bringing many out of bondage is coming unto God's people. This is something that the Lord performs every day. We have to take the whole word of God, children of God. And he says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same healing power that Jesus had as he walked the earth. The same healing power the apostles had to heal and deliver and to make whole. That same healing power is active in this realm today because he does everything today that he did yesterday. God desires for you to manifest who he is, to manifest that. We are the manifested sons of God. You could say sons and daughters, but we are the manifested sons of God. We manifest by our prayer, by our communion relationship. We manifest, we bring forth the power of God into this realm. Miracles, signs, and wonders follow those who believe. That's the word of God, and it's absolutely true. Now, that word is becoming very popular right now outside the church, the word manifest, because Satan will counterfeit anything that he can. He will counterfeit prophecy by using tea leaves and crystal balls and Ouija boards. He counterfeits himself even as a lion of great power. And the only lion with great power, superpower, is the Messiah, for he is, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, as he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, he is the only one. Bless his holy name. But Satan wants to counterfeit anything, so he counterfeits himself as a lion that walks about seeking whom he may 
devour. God wants you today to enliven your faith. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. And that's the title of today's message, Enliven Your Faith. God wants you to rise up in power and to overtake the powers of darkness. God doesn't want his children sitting on the sideline waiting for an attack. There is a war in the heavens right now. There's a war in the heavens and it's going on in the atmosphere and it's a continuous war between good and evil. God is waging a war for the children of God because God's inheritance Jesus' inheritance is the nations of the world. So there is a war going on in the spirit realm. And we aren't to sit on the sideline waiting to be attacked. No, you are to launch the attack. You are to initiate the attack. Don't wait for the enemy to come into your household. Don't wait and say, well, my children are just so good and they're just so kind and just so loving. Know that the enemy will attack your children. So before he attacks, fast and pray for them. Before he attacks, be out front fighting and waging war because there is a war that will come to your doorstep if you're not careful. Bless his holy name. Be on guard. We're not ignorant, Paul said, to Satan's devices, but Satan will counterfeit. But there is one thing, he'll counterfeit anything, but there is one thing that Satan cannot counterfeit. He cannot counterfeit the presence of God. Now that he cannot, and he will never be able to counterfeit the presence. He cannot produce the presence of almighty God. Only God can do that. He cannot copy that. Jesus makes a bold statement Behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you. That's what he said to the disciples. To receive the promise of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, tarry there. You remember he told him, tarry there in Jerusalem. That means to wait. Nobody go anywhere. You all get together in that one room and stay there. Nobody move. Everybody just stay because you're going to be endued with power. He gives them a promise. And he says, nobody leave. Just wait. Be patient. Something is going to happen. Something's going to happen to you there. And when you leave, he he lets them know. I'm paraphrasing, if you will. You will not be the same. The one that finds the key to what Jesus sends is the one like Moses. Bless his holy name. Moses and like the mother of Moses also. When we study Moses and the Old Testament, we see something very, very similar to Jesus Christ. Moses is considered the forerunner of Christ. Now, Elijah has talked about some, about being the forerunner of Christ. But Moses, the miracles, the leadership, the redeeming of God's people, bringing them out of bondage, Moses, most theologians will agree, he is the closest forerunner to Jesus Christ. Other prophets have come and gone, and they're great prophets, but there is no prophet like the prophet Moses. Moses had a golden key, and that golden key is very important. And may I submit to you today, Moses had a golden key of power. We say David is a man after God's heart, but Moses, he too was a man after God's own heart. And Moses knew the key to power with God. He knew the key to relationship with God. God wants to enliven your faith today. The key to relationship with God, do you know what it is? The key to relationship with God is obedience. The Lord says that, and the ones who love me, they will keep my 
commandments, the one who are obedient. Those are the ones who can manifest the power of Almighty God. Obedience is a golden key to relationship with God. Now, Moses had such an amazing relationship with God, and there is no other man who had that relationship of all the days before Christ. Moses talked to God face to face, the Bible tells us, and it tells us that about no other man. But there are great prophets that have lived before the coming of Christ. When the Son of the living God came to earth to fulfill his mission, he came as a prophet like Moses. Jesus came as a prophet. I asked my son one day, I call him my little part-time atheist, you know, my little part-time atheist son. I asked him one day, and he was grown at the time, and I asked him one day, I said, son, I kind of caught him off guard, you know. I said, who is the greatest prophet in the entire Bible? Who he stood there, he scratched his head, and his eyes went to the left, and then they went to the right, and he's thinking, He's thinking, and it didn't take him but a moment, though. You know, he's thinking, and then he said, well, Jesus Christ, Mother, Jesus is the greatest prophet in the whole Bible. (laughs) You know what? Flesh and blood did not reveal that to him, but the Spirit of God told him that. Because if you ask most people, who is the greatest prophet in the entire Bible, they will name different prophets. But Jesus Christ also came as a prophet, and he is the greatest prophet in the entire Bible. Now, I call my son a little part-time atheist. I think I better let you in on that. This kid went off to college and I'll tell you, he would read his Bible every day, even in high school, and God would do mighty things for him. He would even see visions as he read his Bible and stayed in the Word of God. And then he went off to college, a religious college it calls itself, but he was studying science and he met a college professor. And this professor convinced many, many of the kids in that class that God wasn't real. He proved to them, my son said, that science proves that God is not real. My little God-fearing, God-believing, vision-seeing son, filled with the Holy Spirit, came back home from college telling me that God isn't real. He doesn't really exist, is what he told me one day. Well, I took him down to the hospital with me one day to a child that was sick that had been laying in the bed for months, and I'll tell you what. He saw the power of God move with his own eyes. He saw that little girl get up out of the hospital and go home. He listened to the recording of the doctor saying, we've never seen anything like this before. They didn't have a disease to name her condition. They'd never seen it before. They had no explanation why she had no energy, why she couldn't get out of the bed. They had no explanation for everything that she was going through. But with one prayer, just one, laying on hands just one time, as he videoed it with his own eyes, I told him, get your camera. He didn't get the camera before we left. He videoed that hospital event. And I'll tell you, his faith in God was restored. It's never left him, not his faith in God. So I call him a little part-time atheist because it only happened for part-time. It wasn't very long, bless his holy name. But Jesus is the greatest prophet in the entire Bible. But Moses is a forerunner. Most theologians will agree. Moses is the forerunner to Jesus Christ. God wants to enliven your faith today. And I'm going to tell you simply how in just a moment. But the man who was pulled out of the river by the daughter of Pharaoh and was given a name, an Egyptian name, 
and lived the life in the shadow of Pharaoh among the, the ones in the king's palace who lived his life, his early life as the son, you know, the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter. This man, God revealed more of himself than any man up until the time that Jesus came into this world. Any man on earth, God revealed himself to Moses in such powerful ways. God revealed to Moses even the future. He revealed to Moses even the coming of Christ. Who was this man that God revealed such great things to? God gave Moses insight into the spirit realm as no other man before him. Moses was so familiar with the spirit realm, he saw incredible things that were to come. Most of us know about Moses and how he killed the Egyptian that was threatening and abusing one of the Israelites while Moses was there in Israel and the children of Israel were under the watch in slavery under Pharaoh. But we don't talk much about the mother of Moses who knew what what Pharaoh had said, that Pharaoh had given an order because the Hebrews were growing so great in numbers. They were in slavery in Egypt, and Pharaoh gave the order that all the Hebrew children, that all the sons should die, and the children, they were to be cast into the river to drown and to die. But Moses' mother, she was obedient to the king. She's inside the mightiest nation in the whole world under Pharaoh's slavery, but she puts her child in a boat and puts him in the water, obeying Pharaoh, but she puts him in a boat. And the Bible says this, and Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast him into the river and you shall keep alive every daughter. Exodus 1 and 22. The Bible tells us that Moses' mother did just what she was told to do, but she put him in a boat. Bless his holy name. Exodus 2, 1 and 3. And a man went from the house of Levi and took a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son. And she saw him and that he was beautiful. And she concealed him three months. And she was not able to hide him any longer. She took a basket for him and placed him in the water. And she put the child in it and placed him in the reeds by the lip of the Nile. Exodus 2, 1 and 3. Isn't that amazing? The same Nile River that Moses will later return to, and God will turn that river into blood, the river that Pharaoh considers to be his God. Now, Pharaoh's order had been to cast every son into the river, and that's exactly what she did. But we know, we know what happened to him. God does something amazing whenever we follow his orders She had sight that no other parent had, apparently, at that time. And the daughter of Pharaoh went down to bathe in the Nile, and her maidens were walking on the side of the Nile. And she saw the basket in the midst of the reeds and and told her slave girl to take it. And she opened it and saw the child, and behold, a boy crying. And she had pity on him and said, This is one of the children of the Hebrews. And his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a woman for you? from the Hebrew women that may nurse the child for you. And Pharaoh's daughter said, go. And the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me. And I will give you your wages. And the woman took the child and nursed her. We know that this is the mother of Moses who actually gets to nurse her own son. Oh, we bless his holy name. God wants to enliven your 
faith today. How does God enliven our faith? He enlivens our faith by the recall of the great things that he has done before. He enlivens our faith on Pentecost. He reminds us of the giving of the Holy Spirit. He reminds our faith when we celebrate the season of atonement and we're celebrating the crucifixion of Christ and him raising from the dead, him atoning for our sins. When we remember the things that God has done, it enlivens our faith and we become, we become more dependent on him. Our faith rises up from within us. By faith, Moses When he had come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Hebrews 11 and 24. Moses knew that something greater was coming. Moses can see way down the road already. And Moses refused. He refused to be called Pharaoh's daughter's son any longer because he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect for the reward that would come. Moses knew that there was something greater as God had given him insight into the spirit realm. So Moses grew up and he refused to live as an Egyptian. He knew he would have to answer to Christ, who was greater than the greatest king in the entire world. Because Pharaoh was the greatest king of the world at that time. So Moses was looking up ahead. Moses was looking at the coming of Christ and the spirit realm. And he would rather give up the riches of the world than to suffer the reproach of Christ himself. Moses could see way down the road. He could see, though he would develop even stronger prophecy, stronger vision after his experience in the wilderness as a young man, he knew a Messiah was coming and that that Messiah wanted him. That Messiah wanted Moses Whether he learned the truth by his mother or whether he learned it by the Holy Spirit, the Bible simply tells us that he knew. We don't know how he knew, but he knew. And when he saw an Egyptian man abusing a Hebrew, he intervened, saving, saving that man and slaying the Egyptian. And when later he saw the two Egyptians fighting, the Bible says the guilty one He says he approached the guilty one and he broke up the fight. Exodus 2 and 3. Even as a youth, Moses is a man for the oppressed. He is a man for the oppressed. Moses has an obedient spirit to the spirit of God. Moses refuses to do anything that would bring reproach of Christ upon him. Moses is looking way down the future. God wants to enliven your faith today. God had Moses to have the children of Israel remember what I have done. So they had the festival, the feast days, and they would recall over the years. The Bible says that these days are to be celebrated continuously. The Bible says you and all your children is what he says about the season of atonement. You and all your children, all your generations shall do this. You'll celebrate. You'll remember what I have done 
for you. That's what he's saying. Even in Pentecost, as it approaches, that's what he is saying. Remember what I have done. If you remember that God gave a promise, Jesus said that promise. He said, you shall be endued with power from on high. That should enliven your faith today that God has sent the Holy Spirit that lives within you and you don't have to wait to receive it. If you have received salvation, then you have received the Holy Spirit. Nobody has to lay hands on you for you to receive the Spirit of God. You've got it now. You have Christ living in you and there's only one Spirit, the Holy Spirit. God only has one Spirit and that is the Holy Spirit. So you have received the Holy Spirit in you. And as you are obedient to the Spirit of God, as you yield to the Spirit of God, His presence, His Spirit rises up within you. And as His Spirit rises up within you, well, what does it rise up for? For you to do the mighty works of God. And so the Word of the Lord says that miracles, signs, and wonders follow those who believe. And so enliven your faith. Even remember the good things that God has done for you personally. Recount those things. Think on the good things of God. So God told Joshua, Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. Many have confined that to day, literally, and night, literally. But is that what God was saying? Joshua, think on me in the day and think on me at night. Is that what God is really saying? But yet we know that day gradually, gradually, gradually turns to night. And then night gradually, gradually, gradually turns to day. So we find a continuum. So what is God really saying to Joshua? He's saying, meditate on me continually. We should be striving for a communion relationship with God. Whatever work that you do throughout the day, it should be done in the awareness of God's presence. And, and maybe at first you say, oh, Valerie, that could be difficult. Well, prepare to focus on God. Prepare to have Christian music praying as you're doing your work. Prepare during that week. What will I focus on from the word of God this week? What will be in my focus to enliven my faith, to be constantly in that communion relationship? Uh, Maybe you take the passion of Christ and maybe it's some scenes from the passion as Jesus goes to the crucifix. He's before Pilate. He's with the disciples. You focus on those things. Maybe you have something at your desk. And so that's in front of you. And so it draws your attention throughout the day back to God's presence as you practice being focused on him day and night, the word of God. Eventually, it's effortless. In the beginning, it takes effort to change the way you think, but eventually it becomes effortless. And you find yourself continually focused upon God. You find yourself that everything that you do, you do it as unto God, and it becomes a cycle, and you are meditating on his word day and night. You find yourself continuously in the presence of God, and then all things that you do, you're able to do them as unto Christ. But now today, begin to enliven your faith. Remember the good things that God 
has done. God reminded the children of Israel that he bought them out of Egypt. God reminded the children of Israel to celebrate the Passover. By celebrating the Passover, they were enlivening their faith. That's how you enliven your faith. That's one way. Remembering the good things that God has done for you. It'll bring joy to your heart. Your confidence in him will rise up because God wants you to come to a place where you are completely dependent upon him, not the banker, not the employer, but on him. Bless his holy name today. God wants to enliven your faith. Father, right now in the glorious name of Jesus, I want to pray for the children of God, Father, and anyone who doesn't know you, Father. Oh, I pray that they would go to our website and that they would pray a prayer of salvation and get connected to a Bible-based church. Father, I pray today for the children of God that their faith would be enlivened. Father, I ask you right now for the Holy Spirit to touch them and enliven their faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.